DJ PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're joined now by Ben Anderson, Utah jazz writer for kslsports.com. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah is in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Ben, good morning. Good morning. So, Ben, I see your uh, story up here on kslsports.com about the 12 guys the Jazz might draft. And I'm wondering, before you started writing this, did you think, I'm going to write this, but they're going to trade the pick and this is a waste of time? Or did you think, I'm going to write this because everyone's talking they're going to trade the pick, but at the end I really believe they're going to keep it and I'm going to nail it down? Or did you think, I don't know what they're doing with the pick, but I like researching young guys and finding out more about them and who could be good in the NBA one day. What's your mindset when you start to write one of these? Yeah, I've been writing these bios specifically. I kind of ended up narrowing down and linking to the 12 kind of bigger bios within them. I've been doing that now really kind of since the Jazz got eliminated from the playoffs. But I only wrote 12, uh, which is, you know, kind of weird at 30 because there's probably, you know, 15 or 20 guys Jazz could realistically look at. I don't think they're going to draft a big guy, so I narrowed it down to 12. But last year I wrote, I think, 30 or so, 25 plus, and the one guy I didn't write about was Yudoka Azabuki, and that's who the Jazz drafted. So I'm very prepared for none of these guys to be on the Jazz coming up uh, by tonight, but I do think we have a little bit better idea of what direction the Jazz are going to head. I think right now the whole draft concept just works against the Jazz because I feel like the future is now with Rudy at 29, and Donovan signed for five years, but he's got an option for the fifth. So they've got a three- to four-year window here, between Donovan's contract and what will be, you know, Rudy's advancing age and slowly declining athleticism because father time is undefeated, it feels like for the next three to four years, they have to go into off- every offseason thinking, how do we set ourselves up to win a championship next season? Are you all in on the future is now? Yeah, I think they do certainly have to feel like this window is, is as open as it's ever going to be. And look, I could close really quickly if Mike Conley chooses to sign elsewhere. And they don't get an asset in return or they don't get Mike Conley back. I think that could certainly damage or, or at least uh, maybe delay how long that window is going to be open. It, it will open back up even if Mike Conley's not on this team. But, yes, I do think you need to approach it with this concept that this is your opportunity. You've got to win. This is, it doesn't come all around very often. You have two players that are, you know, Rudy's definitely in his prime. Donovan Mitchell's getting into his prime in the next year or two, uh, but is already good enough to compete at the, the highest levels, I think. And then you've got a pretty good roster around them with Jordan Clarkson and Joe Ingles and Boyan Bogdanovich. So this is the best roster you've had in 20 years now. Uh, you need to make the most of it. You can't really waste opportunities to improve. And, you know, maybe it's more expensive now. Maybe it's a little bit harder to do now than, than you want to financially. But this is the right time to do it. Do you think they're going to attach the draft pick to Derek Favors and make a trade and get some salary relief to help with the Conley deal? I think that would is what kind of they would have done in years past. I, I think that's something that maybe the Millers would have wanted to do, maybe even something that Dennis Lindsay would have wanted to do. But we know there's different shots being called now, and and sometimes the, you know that's the obvious answer. But maybe the less obvious answer is to if you're really that worried about salary cap, is you know get an asset back for your salary, not just you know not not just salary cap space. So like we've heard talked about with Jonathan Gavoni from ESPN, who's kind of their draft expert, Woe just talked about it. Maybe getting another pick for a player who's better than Derek Favors, uh, but getting that asset back, understanding that some of these guys that are on the roster might be a little bit more 
valuable to another team, but they're willing to send draft picks back. And so, yeah, maybe you end up with two draft picks by the end of the night and you package those to move up and get only one draft pick. And yeah, it might cost you talent. It might cost you, you know, a player that's in the rotation, but it has an opportunity to A, allow you to bring Mike Conley back, which is your most important piece. And then B, have a little bit of flexibility with some young talent that the Jazz are lacking. So I think that most of the time when you're drafting late, you're not going to get anybody. But we have seen the Jazz draft late a couple times here recently, and they really believed in Gobert, and they got him. And they really believed in Mitchell, and they got him, and they were right. So of all the guys you've researched, is there anyone, not maybe at that level, but even remotely close to that level, that you could really believe in, make a trade with some real conviction, and say, this young guy is going to help us, and this young guy is going to help us sooner than people think? Yeah, I think there's a couple of guys to keep an eye on. Now, there's there's probably two players that you could trade for, or or one of them you probably don't even have to trade for. I think he'll, he'll probably be on the board at 30. Uh, they could come in and play right away next year, and that's Herb Jones from Alabama. He was the SEC Defensive Player of the Year. I think he was the SEC uh, Player of the Year. He doesn't score a lot, but he plays really good defense. He's 6'7". He has a 6'9 wingspan. He's super athletic. So he can defend probably one through four in the NBA and might even be able to defend some of the smaller fives that you have to go close out on. And, you know, teams will play Terrence Mann at the five as the Jazz learned the hard way. So he's the type of guy that could be that defensive player that the Jazz just simply don't have. He can just defend all over the floor. He's played four years at Alabama, which is a high level and has had good coaches. So he could step in and play right away. That's the type of guy who I think could help you. If they wanted to go to the Rudy Gobert route, there's a kid, uh, uh, J.T. Thor, who went to Auburn, who's 6'9", has a 7'2 wingspan, has a 9'2 standing reach. He's probably a few years away. He only played one year at Alabama. It's kind of weird. He's out of Alaska, which is not the most traditional place to the Jazz have had success with Carlos Boozer as far as uh, former Alaska products. But he's probably a few years away from being able to produce. But if you put him in the G League and, and let him do his thing, he could be really special in a couple of years. So those are a couple of big guys. And then I think Jared Butler, who went to Baylor. There's so much talk about Davion Mitchell because he looks like Donovan Mitchell and wears the same number and has the same name. But there's a chance that I actually think Jared Butler was the better guard in that backcourt and was the reason they won the, the national title. He won uh, the tournament player of the year or most outstanding player. He could step in and actually play, I think, right away and move into the Jazz guard rotation, especially – if they ended up moving somebody out of that guard rotation to move up in the draft to get another pick and get salary cap relief. So is there anybody in this draft that you think is um, completely overhyped, getting sold, but really is just a bust waiting to happen? Uh, I worry about, and, and, and everyone feels this way about this kid, so it's not like my unique hot take, but Sharif Cooper, if you don't know anything about him, he also went to Auburn with J.T. Thor, he only played 12 games. He had issues qualifying, not from a grade standpoint, but just eligibility. Uh, he, he, when you watch him with the ball in his hands, and, and go watch his highlight reel, I'm telling you, jump on YouTube right now if you're at work and you're trying to kill some hours. Look up Sharif Cooper. He's six feet tall. He's absolutely dazzling with the ball in his hand. He's the best passer in the draft. He dribbles like Kyrie Irving or Steph Curry or Trey Young. I mean, his highlights are, make him look like he's a guaranteed superstar. And then you look at his numbers, and he shot 39% from the floor and 22% from the three-point line as a point guard. So it's it's impossible to play that way. So he had, and he's horrendous defensively. So he's so fun with the ball in his hands that you could very easily sell yourself that this is going to be the next great point guard in the NBA. And also, he might be 
you know, a poor man's version of of of, of uh, Trey Burke for the Jazz when they drafted him as just so undersized, so bad defensively, such a bad shot selection, so bad with those percentages that he just doesn't have a chance to work out. And still, he's going to be on the board late in the first round, and the team's going to draft him. And honestly, you know, I root for these kids. I hope I'm wrong. I hope he finds a way to shoot and, and can stay on the floor because he's really fun to watch. But I, I just don't have any faith that he really is going to turn into to a first-round pick. I, I think he could be out of the, re- the league pretty quick. So there's a lot of speculation there'll be a lot of trades, but there are also people who are saying uh, people holding on to assets because – Damian Lillard and Bradley Damian Lillard and Bradley Beal are going to be available after the Olympics. That could happen, and I'm waiting for that. What do you think? Yeah, I don't. I would be surprised if we saw a mega trade. And look, if I'm a, a team that's willing to give up three first round picks and three pick swaps, the guy I'm trading for is not Ben Simmons. And that's kind of the talk right now. You know, Philadelphia wants this ridiculous haul to give up Ben Simmons, like nobody watched the playoffs. And if I'm going to be willing to give up this, this crazy deal to get, you know, a, a big guard or a guard that can change the, the game, I'm, yeah, I'm going to wait and see what's going on with, with Damian Lillard. I'm going to wait and see what's going on with Bradley Beal before I decide to make that call. I'm certainly not going to do it prematurely. I don't think with Ben Simmons, unless you end up getting an absolute steal. And there's not really a huge reason for Philadelphia to feel like they have to give him up for nothing. So, I think we'll probably find a couple of teams at an impasse there. So I, I don't suspect we'll see major trades there. And then there's not a lot of teams who have kind of two late firsts that have the ability to move up uh, and get one pick a little bit higher. Maybe a team like the Lakers will try and move up from 22 and include a future pick, but they don't have a lot of future picks. They traded so many of those to get Anthony Davis. You could see that, but I, just, I don't foresee a blockbuster tonight. It's just usually those teams feel like they're in the works longer than this, and, and there's more rumors about them at this point. We just haven't heard them. Are you a believer Cade Cunningham is going to be the number one pick? He should be the number one pick. When we redraft this draft in five years, he'll still be the number one pick. Or you have your doubts. Yes, yes, and probably. So, yes, he's going to be the number one pick. Yes, I don't think anyone else has a better resume than he did coming out of Oklahoma State. And, you know, I mean, four years from now, who knows? But uh, you know, Jalen Suggs is really good out of Gonzaga. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up just being a flat-out star. And then, uh, you know, the two kids who went the G League route could end up being really good as well. And Evan Mobley at USC, we saw what he was able to do in the Pac-12. So there's a ton of talent in this draft. This really does have potential to have, you know, five to seven All-Stars. And that's a, that's a, that's a good haul when you consider what most drafts end up turning out. But A. Cunningham can play both backcourt positions, he likes basketball. You know, his jump from his freshman season in high school to being the number one overall pick was pretty enormous. He wasn't one of these kids that was super recruited his whole life, so he's getting better at a very fast rate. He has elite size. He really thinks the game. He's maybe the smartest player of the draft as far as passing and playmaking goes, even though his assist numbers don't reflect that. And then he's just an incredible scorer. He just really does have the ability to put the ball in the, in the hole, and that's not all he's looking to do. He wants to get his teammates involved first. But late in the game, he knows he has to take over, and those types of players tend to be special, and, and he never was a letdown while he was at Oklahoma State. So I, I think he's a star. I think he's the right pick at number one, and, and I think he's going to make Detroit better. Foreign players have really arrived. The NBA MVP, Nikola Jokic. The finals MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo. And I didn't even say Luka Doncic, who is pretty awesome in his own right. 
Of the four guys who are projected to be uh, foreign players drafted in the first half of the first round, have you got any of them as uh, big-time stars? Any of them you're higher on? Uh, I think looking at the the kid with the Usman Garuba, I think he's 19. Uh, he, he just kind of fits the the mold of, of the modern defensive player, and he's super young, but but he's got an incredible body. Uh, you know, we're, that's one of the things I think we are starting to see catch up so much better. And then there's always been great bodies. I mean, Hakeem had a fantastic body. Uh, some of these guys who have come over have just been in incredible shape. The Kembe obviously was kind of the prototype for what centers looked like for a while, but he just kind of got this modern super freak NBA body. And that's one of the things that I think, you know, the globalization of the game has been really cool. It's some guys meant to leave because their bodies are so unique and so custom built for basketball that they, they have to be on the floor. I think that's how Giannis got in the NBA. They're just, you know, at the time he was six, nine, but was so long. And now he's seven, one, he's just grown so much. But when you can actually look at, you know, 4 billion out of the 6 billion people on earth and, and, and find just elite physical tools you're, you're going to find more talent, and, and I think Garuba has a chance to be that type of player. He just he has a body that you don't see come around very often. I think he's only 19, so he, he's got a chance to really grow. He's still probably not going to go in the lottery. He's probably going to go between 15 and 20, but you know that, that's probably the player I would keep an eye on. And then look, look at what Australia is doing in the Olympics. Obviously, the, the number of Australians per capita in the NBA is really high. So what's the kid's name, Giddy? Yes, uh, I think he has a really good chance to to come in and make a difference as well. I don't know if he's a star, but you know if you got twenty year old Joe Ingles and could have him in the NBA for the next decade, and I think that's the type of player he is, you're probably in really good shape. Josh Giddy is the name. Keep an eye on him, six eight. So he's got some size. If you want to keep going with the Joe Ingles comparisons, yeah. All right, you got anything you want to get on the record? Anything you want to say? Yep, I told you so. Now's the time to say it, grab that permanent marker, circle it, mark your ground. Yeah, I'll tell you, I like uh, the, the three guys I really like in the draft. Uh, Jared Butler, I told you about him already from Butler. JT Thor from Auburn. I think he's young. I think he's raw, but I think his body is also incredible uh, and could turn into something down the line. And then Joe Eliyahi from uh, from uh, Gonzaga. So if you've been a BYU and you've, you've been a BYU fan, you've seen Ayayi for the last three years. And he developed a lot. French national team. Probably knows Rudy Gobert. He's on the under-18 team. Now he's 21. He's so weird. The way he plays is weird. It's off the ball. He doesn't dribble a whole lot. He can probably play the pick and roll, though. With more opportunity, he was just always with such good talent at Gonzaga. But Joel Eliayi has some, some Malcolm Brogdon to him. And remember, Justin Zanuck drafted Malcolm Brogdon in Milwaukee. So that's the name I would keep an eye on at 30 as well. Oh, I like that. Yach does too. Yach's bouncing in the next room. You got him going. Good work. It's hard to do. He's watching the Olympics. He's only half paying attention. Well, I'm doing my best. You're the man. All right. Well, Ben, we appreciate a few minutes this morning. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll talk to you again down the road. Thanks, DJ. Ben Anderson, Utah Jazz writer for KSLSports.com. Join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Yak, what are you watching? Because I saw you're only half paying attention. I know you had your eyes on the Olympics. In I'm there. posting our audio. Oh, look at you, nose to the grindstone. Doing my job. You're quick with the cover story, man. Cover your story. Mom was trying to, when your mom was trying to bust you when you were a kid, did you always have the comeback or did you just have to yeah, put it guilty? I had to have a cover story. Come <laughs> on now. You know that as well as anybody. Yeah, possibly. All right. DJ and PK, when we come back, everything you missed in this show, we will get you up to speed next. Stay with us. 
The Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as the Zone counts you down to the start of the 2021 season by listing off the top 60 players in the state of Utah as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the Top 60 and 60, weekdays at 1.30. Presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON. On your home of the... The best college football coverage in Utah. 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Tokyo Updates brought to you by Davis Vision. The Davis Vision Summer LASIK Sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. All right, Yuck. NBA draft morning. Now, I've talked a lot of basketball this morning, all morning long. Sometimes I've talked to myself. Sometimes I've talked to you. And we've also talked to Craig Bullerjack and Ben Anderson. But you know what the rule is. Don't go too long without talking football. And we did talk some football earlier today. There's a couple interesting stories out there. College and pro. And the pro is uh, Aaron Rodgers showed up and said more words at his first press conference than he'd said all summer long, kind of explaining what's going on. I think left unsaid about what is going on, that he's coming near the end, and you get treated differently at the end, and he doesn't like it. Which makes him, what's the word I'm looking for? Human. Or another word would be normal. A couple things really stuck with him. He wasn't being used to recruit free agents. He didn't think, in his mind. And some management just doesn't want to do that. They just, they don't. They do their own thing. And you'll be notified when you need to be notified. Now, I would think, especially with the offensive skill players, but with anybody, they're interested in knowing that Aaron Rodgers wants to play with them. So I get why he's a little fired up about that. And then the other thing he said was that well, I'm getting near the end of the contract. I don't have a long-term deal, so really I'm a lame duck. Okay, well, this just gets into the awkward stage where it always ends poorly. If it didn't end poorly, it wouldn't end at all. So now he really is a lame duck. He got the thing short. Instead of being a lame duck for two years, he can be a lame duck for one year. And I suspect in his mind he's thinking, hey, if they're not – he said he wanted to keep the club from making some of the mistakes they'd made in the past. Man, I bet the front office loved hearing that. But he thinks they've let older players go who've had something to offer, who've been strong leaders, and I'm sure the club looks at him and says, uh, yeah, they've taken a lot of hits, they're not what they were, and they want to be paid more. So we're going to pay cheap. That's what the Patriots did for years. They turned a lot of guys over, kept just a couple, including obviously Tom Brady, uh, for a long time. So I think... Rodgers is trying to set him up for the Brady, the Peyton Manning. You go somewhere at the end of your career, and you got a chance to win and win big. And I think you had a chance to win big last year. I mean, they had a good team. They were in the NFC title game. They had their chances. But if he has a chance, like Peyton Manning went to Denver and in four years went to two Super Bowls and, and won one of them. And Tom Brady, well, he's going into year two, and he's already got a Super Bowl title under his belt. So maybe he's thinking the grass is greener somewhere else. And I have to think that when I think that storyline, I think Aaron Rodgers was looking at New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, I just keep coming back to that. Aaron Rodgers was looking at New Orleans. And maybe he was looking at the Niners, and he's a Northern California guy, so that's certainly possible. 
But that's a little less analytical and a little more at the heart. I'd have been looking at New Orleans. But there's nothing new about this. This, is, uh, this has been going on forever with veteran guys, and it's also been going on with successful younger guys. I mean, the Rams went to a Super Bowl and looked at their quarterback and thought, no, we're trading him. And they did their deal with the, with the Lions. The college football story, multiple. I mean, you can really get into the drama here. I mean, it's not The Bachelor, but it kind of is. If we had ADs running around with roses, well, it would creep us all out. But Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby accused ESPN of encouraging other conferences to pick apart the league so Texas and Oklahoma can move to the SEC more quickly and without paying a massive buyout. That sounds kind of dirty. As headlines go, that's a dirty headline. His quote is, I have absolute certainty that they've been involved in manipulating other conferences to go after our members. Bowlesby said this to the Associated Press on Wednesday. He sent a cease and desist letter to the network. He added the ESPN is actively engaged in discussions with at least one of the conference regarding that conference, inducing additional members of the Big 12 Commerce to leave the Big 12. Reports later indicated the conference referenced was, this is where I lost the plot. I lost it. Lost the story. Let go of the rope. I'm sinking in the lake. The conference was, and honestly, when I got to this, I thought it was going to say Big Ten. And I thought, well, maybe it's the Pac-12. It's the AAC. Plot twist. It's the American. At what point did the American need to be told by ESPN? I don't doubt that Bowlesby was told this. I actually don't doubt that ESPN did it. I really doubt why the American needed to be told. You're the American. You're below the Big 12. If you have a chance to pick them up, you've got to. Because it's kind of ACC Big East here. The Big East would never raid and pillage the ACC. That's not how conferences treat each other. We're very collegial here. Meanwhile, the ACC, whew, ice picks and daggers right in the back. They're taking Miami and Pitt and BC. Good night, everybody. And now the Big East doesn't play football. The AAC could lose Memphis, Houston, and Cincinnati. Eat or be eaten. Got lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. I don't see why the American had to be. Had to be told. They should have known this all on their own. Did ESPN tell them? Wouldn't shock me. Lots of people are watching this with lots of opinions. Whether... It was an ESPN corporate decision to tell, or whether one random person just had an idea. Hey, you ought to do this. I couldn't tell you. Was Bowlesby told that? Man, the number of people bouncing back and forth between TV and college athletics. We know coaches do it. But the whole consultant, management, AD side. I mean, look, do you have any background and entertainment or anything. Look, where did the Pac-12 go for its new commissioner? <laughs> I mean, this is obvious. And people have worked with people. It's a small world, and everybody talks. It's no different than radio and TV. None at all. People we've done radio with have gone to Portland and Seattle and Columbus and Pittsburgh and New York and Dallas. And that's just Kevin Graham. hey Thank you. Try the VL. I'm here all week, people. And so you hear lots of stuff about what's going on. 
And uh, it's no different in college athletics. When Chris Hill did his goodbye, when he, uh, I mean, all those years at Utah, right? The guy who didn't move around. And he referenced, he had kids and grandkids in the audience and his wife. And he referenced his kids and his son works for ESPN. And that would be one of 500 connections. So I don't doubt that stuff got said. And we are playing the promo this morning, and, and Scotty G uh, wants the uh, wants the Pac-12 to go for the Big 12 and finish it off. Eh, I'm not feeling that. Nope. Nope. Not feeling it. I'd go the other direction. Let them do their own thing. You've passed them. They're in the rearview mirror. Concentrate on what's ahead of you. Because what's ahead of you is who might end up rating you. Now, in the break... Full disclosure, Yach was telling me to calm down. The Big Ten's not coming for the Pac-12. I am not 100% convinced of that. Hold your friends close and hold your enemies closer. Is the, Big, is the Big Ten a friend or an enemy? Not really sure, so hold them close or closer. I'm all up for the scheduling alliance that started and then petered out five, six, seven years ago, whatever that was. Well, the Michigan games were five years ago now, right? So Correct. Or six. Five, there were two of them. Anyway, 2014 and 15, I think. So six and seven years ago as we launch into the 2021 season. And they were, they were, the deal was done before that. So I'm, I'm all about that. And if you have to merge your two networks and put two Big Ten games on early but put two Pac-12 games on and that makes the networks more valuable, I would do that. I'm open to all kinds of stuff. How do you split the money? Bad news, Pac-12. Probably not 50-50. And by probably not, I mean not 50-50. They got 14 teams, you got 12. They got more TV households in their footprint than you've got in your footprint. And you're not going to steal them and you're worried about them stealing your teams. So, that'd come up with a different formula than 50-50. Maybe they get 14 shares and you get 12. Because of the number of teams. I don't know. That part, negotiate it, figure it out. So there's some football news. Also, Dak Prescott, because everybody's a Cowboy fan or a Cowboy hater, they generate a lot of emotion, even after 25 years of not going to the Super Bowl, which I find bizarre, but whatever. Dak Prescott left practice early with soreness in his throwing shoulder. He was pulled in a precautionary move. Muscle strain in his right shoulder. Day to day. So that sounds like the general soreness coming back from uh, not playing football for a year. The basketball news, Mike D'Antoni's leaving the Brooklyn Nets, serving as an assistant under Steve Nash for one season. And the G League Ignite is finalizing a deal with USC associate head coach Jason Hart to be the program's new head coach. Hart takes over for Brian Shaw, who's joining the Clippers as their top assistant coach. feel like there's some Jerry West connection there. He played for the Lakers. He's assistant coach for the Lakers, and now West is consulting the Clippers, and he's an assistant with the Clippers. Maybe not. Maybe he's got some tie to Ty Lue I don't know about. But Yach, way to put him in the headlines there. He's a gaucho. I like Brian Shaw. I like saying hi and shooting a breeze with him when he comes through town. So good work by you. You're welcome. Now, the baseball story that is also a football story. 
Four Washington National players and eight staffers have tested positive for COVID-19. It forced Major League Baseball to postpone their game against the Phillies. Baseball's a different deal. They can play a doubleheader. Football, they've already said, both at the college and pro level, if this kind of stuff happens, we're going to have forfeits. The hitch and the giddy-up here is that the Nationals are saying that of the 12, 11 have been vaccinated and one is not. It's mostly head colds variety, so it's not as serious, so that's a positive. Some of them, I guess, are asymptomatic. Uh, mostly people have gotten the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which may or may not be um, as effective against these variants. Apparently it isn't. It's efficacy. I, I can't use that word. I'm sorry. Why not? Because it's a big highfalutin word. and I. You are a big highfalutin. Not, not that big highfalutin. That is a level <laughs> of highfalutin I have not gotten to yet. It's not as efficient. Okay. I know there's numbers on all these, like one is 86% and one is 78 and one is 65 or whatever the numbers are. You're going to have to go look that up on your own. All right, so that's a lot of the other stuff we talked about, but the vast majority of this show we devoted to the NBA draft. Go to 1280thezone.com, listen to a segment with Ben Anderson. He runs down some of the guys. He thinks there's some guys in the SEC the Jazz could draft who might be able to help and might be able to help right away. Talked with Bowler Jack. Um, and, and both guys, to maybe to different degrees, but to some degree are both in on, hey, the future is now, and Jazz need to get someone who can really help quickly. If you're a three- to four-year project, that's not good enough. Jazz have to be trying to win next year. They have to be trying to win the year after that. So is that money and can that salary slot be used to bring someone in who can help win a playoff series next year? If you can bring someone in on a veteran minimum and that salary slot, and they can score six points for you in an NBA playoff game when all the pressure is on you, well, is a rookie going to be able to do that? In the NBA Finals, DeAndre Ayton was during the headlights time. In game six, he did not come up big. And you don't need a lot. You just need a few positions, a few possessions. And Frank Kaminsky came off the bench in 11 minutes, scored six points, made three of his four shots, grabbed a couple rebounds, had an assist and a steal. You just got to contribute a little bit. When the tide is against you and things are going wrong, and then in this last finals, including the last game, I mean, Milwaukee was... Killing Phoenix in the first quarter. They're up 13. And Phoenix led by five at halftime. You could be able to fight back and turn the game around. And that game had a couple more swings in the second half. And so who can help you do that? Now, the Jazz had a big lead against the Clippers, and the Clippers went on a run, but the Jazz couldn't punch back. Who's going to help you punch back? Probably a veteran. So as much as some of you are addicted to the next big thing and the next young guy, the Jazz trade out of this draft to acquire a veteran, or just to create a, a ro- or save a roster spot and you know pick up a first-round pick next year or in two years, that pick they trade for, you know maybe that pick will end up being 15 instead of 30, and your odds of getting a good player will go up. See whose pick they get and how good that team is in a couple of years. I'm leaning towards a trade is the most likely thing tonight. I don't think when you're drafting 30th you can know for sure what you're doing right now. There's too many things that can happen in front of you, and the phone can always ring. So we'll have you covered here tonight on 1280 The Zone. The guys who do the pre, half, and post will be here. 
Yep. Jake Hatch, Tim, Tim Wickham. Jake Hatch. Jake Scott. Sorry, I was looking at you, so I said you. Jake Scott and Tim Wickham will be here tonight. Jake Hatch will be at home on his couch, channel surfing between the NBA draft and the Olympics. You know what Jake no. won't do tonight? Commercials, because you're a guy. You put the remote in your hand. I'll probably actually be locked down on the draft. Probably perusing really? Twitter as it, as it rolls along. Okay, so during the commercials, your go-to is Twitter then? I'm, and even wallets. All yeah, while they're blathering on and you don't While care. they're waiting for five minutes between yeah. picks. Right. Blah, 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 blah. Yada, 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 yada. And for all the NBA has done right, how come they can't get the right cap on the right guy's head? Why do the draft night photos have Rudy Gobert I'm wearing sure. Denver Nuggets gear? I'm sure it's some random bylaw and some document. Fix that... it! <laughs> Fix it! You are a PR machine! Let's go! Yuck, you want to give away tickets now? Let's do it. To what? Summer League. So you can watch whoever the Jazz may or may not pick. NBA action is back August 3rd, 4th, and 6th as the Salt Lake City Summer League returns to Vivint Arena. Lower Bowl tickets start at just $12 to see the Jazz, Spurs, and Grizzlies compete. Visit slcsummerleague.com to lock down your seats today. We've got a four-pack of tickets. Is it pick your day or is it for a specific day? Pick your day. Pick your day. Either the 3rd or the 4th. So caller 12 will get to pick the day they want to go. The 3rd or the 4th. It's Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah, so it's either Tuesday or Wednesday. You'll get to pick your day you want to go. 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. Dial now. Caller 12 wins. Your feedback coming up next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. DJ PK, it is time for your feedback. Everything you've got to say about today's show. If you didn't see this, Annie Agar did a Big 12 meeting. The kind of thing where the dialogue's all written and... And the one woman changes T-shirts so you know what character she is. She's got a Big 12 shirt. She's got a Texas shirt, an Oklahoma shirt. And she has a whole dialogue, and it's all ironic. So I tweeted that out, retweeted it, spot on, absolutely crushed it. If you haven't seen it, go to David DJ James. Click on that and find it. It's a minute and a half, and it'll crack you up. And 36 of you have liked that tweet, so there's a lot of people who found that pretty funny. Question today, what should the Jazz do with the 30th pick in the NBA draft? Russ says, stuff him on the G League team and do goodness sakes choose who coach wants. That was almost a sentence. Thank you, Russ. Like me, you need to proofread your stuff before you hit send. (laughs) I know how that goes. I've done that. Pick who coach wants. See, there was a whole thing last year about um, who wanted what, and Dennis Lindsay wanted Ezebuike, and there were other people on staff, not purely limited to the head coach, um, but other people in the room who want to go another direction. So I don't think the Jazz would be drafting. I think Ben nailed that. I don't think the Jazz would be drafting another center this year. I'm not convinced they'll be drafting 30th. As much as I think they're going to trade out, I'm also not ruling them trading back in and grabbing somebody who can be put on a two-way contract. So we'll see how this plays out tonight, 6 o'clock for the draft, right here on the Zone Sports Network, also on TV on ABC and ESPN. More people weighing in on draft. Robert says... Package the 30th pick in a trade and deal it and build around Rudy and Donovan. Robert is uh, in win-now mode. 
He's not the only one. Many people are. And I think the Jazz are too. It's always, though, a, uh, a little question mark because if you really believe in a guy, then you got to go ahead and draft him. You can't be playing in the win-now mode to the point that you pass on a guy who's a really good NBA player for a decade. I, that would be tough to do. But if you don't have that, that level of belief and conviction in a guy, then move the deal. Move it. Make a deal. Aaron does. Quinn Grimes, exclamation point, calling it now. Everybody's got their favorites. All right, against Yawks, Yawks wishes, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do this. <laughs> I can't say you didn't warn me, Yawk. I in no way have any association with what is about to come. Thank you I very can't, much. I can't find it now. I can't find it. Oh, here it is. Okay. Sorry, I lost it. I was going to say, did they delete it in the last 30 seconds? Well, it brings up, I, I, it, it brings up, well, we've only got a minute or two, you know, but it's a bazillion topics for Scotty and Hans to launch into if they want. They've probably got other stuff planned. So I sent out this photo yesterday. I'm, I'm walking out, and the big window's here. And outside the windows, there's a huge, there's a huge uh, crane. It looks like it's got a wrecking ball on the end of it. But then I see the hook. It's not a wrecking ball. It would have been it'd be bigger to be a wrecking ball. And I said, well, are the Jazz moving the statues? We're right on the corner by the statues in the arena on the fifth floor. As some of you have upper bowl tickets and walk by our studios. You know right where we are. Are the Jazz moving the statues? Are they filming a Miley Cyrus video? Are they getting ready for Summer League? I mean, what is this thing doing out there? There's a massive construction project going on. And a couple photos. And the Jazz EU tweets back, Stockton statue was unvaccinated, caught COVID, and is now in the ICU hooked up to a ventilator. Okay. I get in the world of sports talk radio where anything goes, like some people think that's funny, but with half the country unvaccinated and probably six or 700 people who are going to test positive today in Utah, and I don't know how many are on a ventilator, but there's 300 and something, 350, whatever the number is, in the hospital. Is that, is that good? Is that, is that where social media needs to be going? And Yach right now is breaking his neck, shaking his head now. How much of this is people making decisions and they can be mocked for it? Or how much of this is we're supposed to be sensitive and caring for the people who are sick? And how much would this discussion be completely different if it was another type of preventable death or preventable um, illness, sickness, injury? I've been wondering that for a while now. I mean, COVID has got its own, it's like it's creating its own weather. Its own mood. You can probably dive deep into the pool and be gone for a long time on a COVID discussion with some family member, a coworker, or neighbor you know. I've heard stories from some people about the conversations they've had to shut down because the other person was so diametrically opposed. But if these were the numbers and it was something else, how many people would flip sides on both sides? Smoking, secondhand smoking, alcohol use, DUIs. And how different would the conversation be if we had three, six, or eight people dying in a DUI every single day, day after day after day? Like I said, this is multiple segments, and we're doing sports talk radio here. But from a random picture outside a sports uh, talk radio station to a Stockton statue to this, hop, skip, and a jump. It's a triple jump. It's an Olympic reference for you, Yak. I know you're back in there watching the Olympics. Do they show track and field live, or do they tape delay the whole thing? 
You can watch pretty much everything live. In, really? In this world. Was it gymnastics on live this morning? Uh, yes, it was. Oh, okay. I think that was on... They bury it behind a paywall? It's probably on Peacock, honestly. Yeah. Because most of the good stuff you want to watch live... <laughs> is on the... Yeah. Like, I'm watching women's handball right now, which it's a fun event. Instead of listening to the show, I discussed to do that much. Well, I have two over there and, you know... You do, actually. Multiple TVs. All right. Well, we got Hanson Scotty coming up next. We will talk to you tomorrow morning, 6 to 10, right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.